Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier. I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? In typical intro fashion, I am doing great. Looking forward to today's episode. Uh, we're going to go over a handful because we have anywhere from 1 to 15 uh, different mistakes um, that you could possibly be doing If you are new to fasting, if you've been fasting, intermittent fasting or extended fasting, and you have not seen the results or you've hit a plateau, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're fasting for weight loss or you're fasting for health and you just, wherever you fall on that spectrum, we have some very common mistakes that people uh, make uh, when they try to adopt fasting. And I think this will resonate with everyone, depending, like I just said, on your experience or your intent with fasting. So These are things that you and I have learned, that we've heard, that we've coached people through, that we've read, that we've learned from the people that we got into fasting from, like Dr. Fung, et cetera. So I'm excited for today's episode. So I'm going to drop this in your lap, Tommy. Which one uh, would you like to start with? (laughs) Um, I like like the one that we talked about. Um, That's very specific. So let's... uh, let's (laughs) Making drastic changes. I, I was getting there. Making drastic like like jumping into fasting, and and all of a sudden like going, just hitting the gas um, really hard, or just just jumping in with with really really big changes. Um, sometimes that can be tough. That can be that can that can almost set us up for uh, such such a drastic difference, or so many questions all at once that you kind of run into multiple hurdles, and then kind of get scared off. Or uh, you know you kind of lose momentum. Uh, sometimes there's there's just so many things that kind of come up with with major changes all at once like that, and um, that that can that can really slow things down. Or actually, we've we've seen it scare people away from intermittent fasting when they were basically just knocking at the door of success. Anything new is going to be difficult. Right. So anytime you start a new workout, a new job, a new, you change career paths, you have a kid, you get married, um, get a puppy. <laughs> like there's so many things you can look at um, where you're like, wow, okay, that was really hard when you first started. So for some yeah. people, diving into the deep end works for them, but that's a small subset. So a lot of people talk about this um, kind of ramp up. And that's actually the same framework that we use with our 10 day ramp up in our challenges. Mm-hmm. is that we start pushing the window, stacking the windows on top of one another. When we talk about windows, we talk about how long the hours, total hours that you're fasting versus the total hours um, that you're going to be consuming or eating calories, putting things into your mouth, so to speak, mm-hmm. chewing, digesting, that kind of stuff. So um, if you're very new uh, and what, what, what's been seen in all of the different fasting groups and things that I'm a, we're a part of and 
all the people we've worked with is like you, you said, just going like full speed ahead is going to set you up for all these little things that you might not have been expecting. So a really good way to start. And the realization here is that it usually takes about 10 days to about two weeks before the cravings kind of kick down, before you get a good rhythm of how you feel at certain times of the day, maybe what it does to your sleep, et cetera. So there's so many different layers there, but really is, you know, picking a window and Tommy, I love the way that you outline this is, you know, we, and it's similar to some site fast cycles that we use um, is increasing that window by a couple hours every day. Yeah. I mean, you know, start, start somewhere like just skipping breakfast um, is basically going to set you up for, you know, somewhere around um, maybe a, a 16 hour fast. Um, but then, you know, pushing it a couple of hours, you know, every, every day or two um, for, for a couple of, for maybe a week or so um, after that can really be a good way to, um, you know, like create your own kind of smooth transition towards a much uh, smaller eating window. And, you know, on, on the flip side of that, where we see some people get stuck is that they try 16, eight, like a 16 hour uh, fasting window with an eight hour eating window, but they, they kind of just get comfortable. there just skipping breakfast and they're not really sure why, um, they're not making more progress, but at the same time, they kind of just get comfortable there and, and never push themselves kind of out outside of that. So, um, you know, kind of creating a, a plan for, for ramping yourself up and for, um, you know, uh, getting into longer fasting windows, uh, can be a really good way to do it. Yeah, that's, it's, we tend to make it too complicated in the beginning too. So just pick one thing and promise yourself you're going to do it that day and stick to it, which leads into the second mistake, um, or hiccup that we see, which is you're letting calories slip in during your fasting hours. So you are not truly fasting. One of the fasting groups that I'm a part of on Facebook, there's thousands of people in this group. And one of the first posts is like, all new members must read this. What breaks a fast for fat loss and what does not? And there's all of this misinformation out there about truly physiologically, can this additive, can this sweetener, can this thing do this, can that, can I have this, can I have that? And there's all these different things of water, black coffee, green tea, apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, you know, can I have a flavored sparkling water, uh, coffee, mm -hmm. sweet teas, diet sodas, artificial sweeteners, bulletproof coffee, bone broth, gum, mint supplements, BCAAs. It just goes on and on and on and on wow. and on, right? Yeah, multivitamin. <laughs> multivitamin, <laughs> right. So what we really want is the simplicity and the consistency here in um, do not let, if you're setting a window, stick to your window and don't let those calories, we call it slippage, either in your window or out or with your window, meaning during your, your fasting time, you're, you're consuming things that are going to break your fast. And then the other part of that would be the slippage, which this, this mistake really isn't uh, alluding to, but it also fits in the same category that then you're not sticking to the eating window. You had a, you know, you're going to eat between six and 8 PM. You're going to have your meal. You've got everything planned, but then it, instead, instead of 8 PM, it turns into midnight. Yeah. And you know, for, for each one of those little slippage points, they tend to just lead to more slippage points. So even just one little concession, um, you know, eating something that you you had planned to avoid, or you know, changing the eating window or extending it when you had a plan, um, can tend to lead to more of those um, concessions. And then you know, they do stack on top of each other. And you know, two of those is worse than one, and three is worse than two. Like. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of finding those points where that might be happening 
and then breaking the cycle so you can kind of nip it in the bud. Yep. 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 Love it. Okay. So watch the slippage, watch the intake, um, be honest with yourself, keep it simple, stick to the window, um, and watch, watch, watch those, uh, little things that can kind of creep up for me. It's the kids plates when I'm making breakfast on the weekends. Uh, it's like, Ooh, that little Applegate chicken and maple sausage looks great. <laughs> well, nope. I've actually at times put things in my mouth and be like, wait, what are you doing? No. Right. Why am I doing um, this? And my wife will definitely call me out. So I love and appreciate her, her, uh, <laughs> support and accountability there. Dot the I across the T carry on. Right. <laughs> um, another one. So our third one we're going to talk about today um, would be um, overconsumption. So a lot of people come to fasting because they've had um, struggles with tracking. Tracking is a very, um, it's not as simple as some of the apps make it out to be. Uh, calories from exercise can be off by those trackers by up to 92%. Um, <clears throat> knowing what your actually consumption should be, what kind of protein, fat, carb should have, right? So a lot of people come to fasting um, to get into a deficit and not have to do all of the counting, right? This does not give you free reign to just, you know, go crazy, you know, <laughs> I didn't eat today, so I can eat whatever I want tomorrow, right? The donuts and the pizza and the ice cream and all that. We're doing, we want to do this for health, not just the weight loss benefit of it, or, or a lot of people do it anyway. So um, <clears throat> what happens is there's this thing where because you've restricted or you haven't had food, we tend to overeat when looking at some of the research studies in terms of people that fast versus non-fasters. The people that fast will have more calories um, in their next opportunity or a next availability, be that one meal or multiple meals over the next 24 hours. Um, so we want to make sure that we're not having an invitation just to consume massive amounts of high calorie food. Um, and especially when it comes to carbohydrates, because that's going to help hurt with cravings on the, on the following day. Absolutely. And you know, what I love about the, the research and the encouraging part of it is that Yes, um, after a, a, a fasting window, we do tend to eat more calories, but we eat less than the equivalent uh, amount of time that we that we burned those additional calories during that fasting window. So, um, you know, uh, for example, if we went if we did a twenty four hour fast and then we had an eating window, the the research shows that that we will you know have more than if. Um, if we had eaten maybe six or eight hours ago, um, but we did not undo all of that time that we were fasting. Um, however, you know, we all know how easy it is to go to a restaurant and, you know, just over, over consume at a restaurant. It can be easy. There's a lot of, you know, calorie traps, right? Yeah. The menu inserts, stay oh, yeah. away from the menu inserts, the shiny drink tap, the 500 calorie margaritas, oh, man, the desserts, the, the apps, all the, 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 the special, like those insert menus, right? Yeah. they they can be just pitfalls all over the place. And so, you know, um, just being aware of that and, uh, and understanding the power that your fasting window has, and you don't have to undo it. And, and most of the time you're, you're probably not going to, um, is, is just really encouraging. So I love that. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child, 
And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. And a good target really um, give away the farm, Tommy, is if you're doing a one meal, you know, a one to two hour window, like a one sitting, yeah. um, you know, really 40 to 60%. If you, if you are used to tracking and you know the, what those numbers are, shoot for 40 to 60%, higher fat, good source of protein, um, you know, lower carb. If you have a really active day, carbs aren't, carbs aren't the devil. They're, they're fine. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're going to see a physiological response different in someone that's a type two diabetic or pre-diabetic that has insulin resistance versus somebody that's more metabolically flexible, like my wife who can eat carbs all day and it actually helps her lean out. Right. So, um, really that 40 to 60% mark, if you're looking at a, at a caloric number or caloric intake for a fat loss phase, which is really, you want to be, like you said, getting all of that benefit of the burning off of the stored fat and having the insulin low, during those fasting periods. So, um, I thought it, I thought this one was a really big one too, <clears throat> especially if you're more new to fasting. So, um, another mistake, we kind of just overlap. This. this is why I was, I want, I didn't want to put a number on how many of these common hiccups you would have when you, with fasting, some of the things that we see, cause this one really relates to what we were just talking about is like really eating, you know, the wrong foods, um, and some of the foods can cause, and I, I did a CGM test for a couple of weeks. And I need to kind of recap that and actually put that together as like a, a separate episode or a, 
a monologue or a, a highlight reel or whatever we want to call it yeah. of my experience with it. Cause there were some really crazy things, which is one of them is coffee. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but there's certain foods that I would have expected to do something right with the monitor <laughs> and they didn't. And then there were other things where I was like, Oh, this is going to be a great meal. And I was like, Oh man, like, you know, that really kind of tanked me. So <clears throat> you could be eating the wrong foods or not getting enough of the right foods, which could be messing up your, uh, your, your, your fasting plan, so to speak. Yeah. You know, um, and we've run into this a few times where, um, you know, when, when you start doing longer fasts, um, you can really quickly see the insulin, uh, sensitivity come back. You can see the blood sugar volatility really like flatten out in a, in a very therapeutic way. But, um, if, if when we're breaking those fasts, we're taking in too much of the wrong types of foods, the ones that, that lead to the same volatility that we're trying to control, like the deep dish pizza or the, you know, the really the, the larger desserts and just, you know, th things like that, that, you know, we, we probably know we shouldn't be having, but, um, you know, especially if, if that last fasting window kind of became an opportunity to overindulge and, and that happens too often, that can really, you know, negate all of, all of the benefit. Um, and it can make for some really volatile results um, to where, you know, you see the scale move down and then it, it moves back up quickly. And then that, that can be very frustrating and can be very demotivating. Um, so, so, you know, just, just finding those, those little culprits um, or the big culprits and, and controlling them um, as you need to can be a, you know, a great way to make sure that you're, you're staying on track and keep getting results. This is where one of the <clears throat> cool realizations came from in terms of, um, you know, eating your protein and your fat first, and then eating your carbohydrates after showed a significant decrease in the blood sugar spike in a meal. So let's say you're mm -hmm. having, you know, uh, sweet baked, sweet potato, um, uh, broccoli with butter this is something that we typically eat in our house and, you know, grilled marinated chicken. <clears throat> so eating the broccoli, um, and the protein, the butter, the broccoli and the protein first, and then going to the sweet potato after, um, you know, after you consume, my wife eats this way, she eats her plate in like settings, right. Where I typically will go around the plate. Right. Um, so it was, it wasn't really any drastic change for her. Um, not that she was, you know, doing the long-term fasting that I was. Um, but, um, you know, just putting, you know, focusing on those foods and the possibility that you're eating the wrong foods, you know, like you said, Tommy, then taking it one step farther and eating the protein and the fat first made a big difference when I was doing the CGM. So <clears throat> you want to be doing good fats, you know, veggies, fruits, quality meats, nuts, seeds, good, healthy oils, et cetera. Um, this leads me into another one that was big, a big realization for me was uh, the reliance on coffee. So when people come to fasting, coffee, black coffee, caffeine is known as a, um, a hunger buster, right? It like brings down your hunger cues. Right. And there's some benefits, um, to kind of curbing your hunger pangs when you get used to it. Um, and you know, for me, this one goes hand in hand with hydration, which is, I know is another one that we want to talk about, but, um, using coffee as a crutch, this is something that I live through, you know, for poor sleep, high stress, um, it's, it's a mood enhancer, right? It's like, Oh, I'm going to go to Starbucks and get my coffee. Yep. Um, granted that's a whole nother 
set of <laughs> booby traps there, right? In terms of the stuff, like yeah, it's like, oh, I'll get a mocha chocolate almond milk latte, and it's like 418 calories, mm -hmm. 75 grams of sugar. Um, so actually, uh, there is some studies out there that contribute, you know, overabundant overdependence on coffee can actually contribute to weight gain over time. Um, and for me, I noticed I was drinking my coffee in the morning with my CGM on and I would have a spike. Um, uh, okay. and it actually can relate to making you less insulin sensitive over time and more likely to store fat. If I go back to when I was consuming the most coffee, guess what? My sleep was the worst. My stress was the highest and I was struggling to lose weight. So I have had to curb my coffee now knowing that I am getting a little spike from it but I still feel good. And it's something that I look forward to in the morning. You know, it's part of my morning routine. So I see that as a benefit long-term as long as I'm still getting the result. Yeah. I think that's a great point because I, I think just, just the idea, like for, for so many of us, our morning ritual revolves around the coffee pot, the coffee maker. And, and it, it kind of starts there. Everything starts there for a lot of us. And just the fact that, you know, black coffee and, and water, you know, would be like, you know, the, the two main things. Okay. Well, what, what can I have when I'm on my fast? Okay. Well, black coffee and water, um, is, is usually the, the answer to that question. Okay. So, so then, uh, you know, there, there's kind of a, a gap there. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm used to having lunch right now. What could I do? Maybe I'll go make myself a cup of black coffee, but, um, you know, as it gets later on in the day, it can, it can start to throw off our sleep cycles a bit. And, and as you said, if that leads to a worse night's sleep or not getting enough um, consistent deep sleep, um, that can really, really throw off our fasting results too, because we we need all of that 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 sleep time to actually you know burn through the fat to continue the you know the the fasting window, but but most of all to increase our insulin sensitivity. Just mm. one night where where we get an hour or so of of less uh, sleep than what we need decreases our, our insulin sensitivity. Um, right. I, I think it was 20 to 30%. I mean, it, it, it comes back quickly, you know, the next day you get, you get the right uh, amount of sleep. But if, if those kind of days keep stacking on top of each other, then that can lead to, you know, a, a serious stall in your progress and frustration. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, it's my gosh, the trifecta, right? Previous mm -hmm. experience was sleep, stress, um, and insulin resistance. So it was like just this massive overlap of problems. And once we started peeling the layers off, so yeah. a highlight of coffee, I was reading a cool research article. I don't have it on hand, but it just popped into my head that, um, coffee has actually has a net positive hydration effect. Um, in one of these studies I was looking at. So some people are like, Oh, don't drink too much coffee. It's bad for your adrenals. It's bad. Well, if you get a good source coffee, a good organic roast coffee, having a cup or two of coffee, um, on a fast is, is going to be uh, in, in our opinion, overly, uh, beneficial. So, mm -hmm. um, that leads with the sleep conversation into, um, not maintaining, uh, other lifestyle habits that you could be undoing the benefits of fasting or could be contributing to the struggle bus effect with fasting. So meaning, you know, what you eat and don't eat, we like to focus on when you eat and when you don't eat versus the what versus the when versus the what, so to speak. Um, but you also need to look at, are you getting quality sleep? Like you mentioned, Tommy, are you managing your stress levels? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then do you have a healthy, you know, habit or hobby or social component, spiritual component, you know, stress relief component, 
something that you have that you can go to that can help you, you know, relax, de- disconnect, uh, recenter, so to speak. And we talk a yeah. lot about these situations on our coaching calls. Yeah, finding finding those balance points, those center points can be really, really um, beneficial. And and if we we don't have those, it can be tough to you know maintain those those um, connection points to our our strong feelings of why why are we doing this? Why are we going thirty six or seventy two hours you know with without eating? Um, you know, maintaining that that source of energy and motivation to stay connected to your why and to you know, to, to reach your long-term goals. Um, those are important things. And uh, another one of those lifestyle habits is, is actually, um, you know, the, the hydration that, that, yeah. that we briefly discussed before. And that goes along with, with the other points that we've talked about too. But, you know, if, if you think about it, especially, um, you know, for, for us to, to clear out the first few pounds, um, if, especially if you're new to fasting and you, you haven't, you know, really experienced that, that loss of glycogen, the stored, sugar and, and stored carbohydrates, um, that, that takes a lot of water with it. That's where, you know, some of the initial decrease in blood pressure and some of those like feelings of wooziness can come, um, can come from. Um, but they're also responsible for several of those pounds right in the beginning, the, the so-called water weight. But if, if we're not intaking enough water, then the body doesn't really want to let go of that additional, you know, glycogen because it takes the water to kind of flush it out. So, um, making sure to stay really well hydrated is going to be an important point to, you know, quell the cravings and, um, you know, get rid of that stored glycogen too. 90 ounces, 90 ounces, one to two teaspoons of salt. If you're just starting out, if you're doing 18 plus hour fasts, it's going to make a huge difference. Um, we encourage you not to complain about it. Just do it. It'll get easier. The flushing effect will stop. Um, but you will absolutely see the benefit. So um, the last one is we talked a little bit about the moving too quickly in the beginning, but there's also the opposite um, sometimes, which is you're moving too slowly. So if you're not seeing the results, you can look at these other, I don't even know how many we mentioned, six, seven, eight, ten, 10, how many things we just went over, to be honest. I was going to ask you, hey, did we go over water yet? But you you, you filled in the gap. So peep on the curtain, we're on Zoom here. I was trying to get your attention. And then uh, you just you already handled it. So, um, in terms of the moving too slow, sometimes if you've, if you're not seeing the results, check yourself with the other things we just mentioned, but also, uh, maybe it's time to push the window a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so maybe if you do get stuck, it is time to dive into the deep end and, you know, move out of the kiddie pool. Like, let's go, like, let's push yeah. the window. You've been doing it. You had some results, but it stopped. Well, if you enjoyed what you just went through, right, and you had some wins and the scale was moving and you felt better, better energy, you started working out during your fasting window, et cetera, then it's time to kind of pivot in a, or um, maybe not see the benefit or stall. Um, but I, I like I like this list and it's not exhaustive. So if there's more that you guys are hearing out there, please let us know. Um, we definitely uh, love the feedback and the conversation. So Tommy, anything else to add before we wrap up? Yeah, no, I, I just, I really like that last point that you made. And I, I think that's a great point um, for an action step for everybody, because, you know, no matter how long your longest fast is, you know, whether it's, it's 12 hours or 16 hours, or, it, you know, it's, it's a 30 day fast. Um, you know, there's, there's always, there's always room to improve and to get better and to be able to push yourself past your current boundaries. So, um, you know, whether you're, you're seeing results or they've kind of slowed down, um, take a look at, at, you know, what your longest fast is and what you think you're capable of. And, and why not make a plan to, to push yourself past your current boundaries? Cause 
you know, that's where the growth always happens. And, and that's what we're looking to do. Yep. 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 Love it. Absolutely love it. Clear, concise, and um, actionable. So perfect. All right, Tommy. Um, so if you guys have been with us for a while, you're new. Um, we, uh, if you're, especially if you're new, you can go to the website, www.thefastingforlife.com. Download the fast start guide. We're continually working on new programs, new projects. We've got our challenges that we're running more frequently now. So uh, we love to keep the journey, uh, you guys being on the fasting journey with us, keep it conversational, reach out to us at info at thefastingforlife.com. We love to hear from you, drop us a review. Uh, we prefer the five star ones. So um, hint, hint, uh, hopefully you're enjoying the content as much as we are in coming up with it, talking about it and producing it. Absolutely. So Tommy, as always, thank you, sir. And thank we'll you. talk soon. Okay, bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life. 